What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison. I'm pleased to be joined by at Marcus underscore Mosher. Hello, sir. Hello, Elliot. How are you? You know, I would have done my normal gap, but Marcus thinks that I don't know. You know, last time we recorded a podcast, Marcus edited out the the gap. So that's fine. He just sucks all the life dry from this uh, podcast when he does things like that. I'll let you guys take that up with him. But, you know, I wish I had a cute nickname like that. I don't, you know, so whatever. I don't feel sorry for myself. But uh, we are uh, going to do a little bit of a special podcast today on the Super Bowls. Um, but before we get to that, I just want to make sure. You've been a little bit under the weather. I know you like to open football cards when you're under the weather. Did you play with your football cards? What have you been doing since you've been sick? Uh, I've been watching some old football games on YouTube, checking out some TikToks. Um, I do want to say before we go on, um, LaRon Landry and I finally have something in common. Neither of us are all natural. I just just got a steroid <laughs> shot the other day. Started to feel a little bit better, so... I used to think David Boston was the most I'd ever seen, but Laurent Landry takes the cake, man. I think, I mean, geez, that's great, man. Good, I just remember pull. that picture of him holding like a bicep or football or whatever it is. Bicep holding a like bicep. No, no, no. You had it right the first time. I remember that picture of him holding a bicep. <laughs> oh, brother. Uh, yeah. Um, funny stuff. So that's why we haven't done a podcast the last few days. Marcus has been sick. But we thought we'd do one on this Friday. And before we got too far away from the Super Bowl, I, I know it's the nature of the NFL now. Everyone just moves on two days later, and it's already talking about who's going to win next year. But we wanted to rank the top 10 Super Bowls of all time. And um, I'm doing this ranking. Marcus is going to react to it. Uh, although I should say for our offseason, uh, Marcus does the rankings uh, going forward. I, I, I get the offseason off. Um, unless it's something like Tasty Treats, I might jump Something important. In. I like Cheez-Its, yeah, um, which I'd put very high up on my cracker list. Mm, I agree with you. Cheez-Its, very underrated. I hadn't had saltines in a while, though, and my mom made me some soup, and I had saltines with it, and I got to say, pretty stellar. You know, I, I um, also say those club crackers that you sometimes get, like at airports or uh, like at the doctors, those, those are really good. What are the ones that the Keebler makes that come in the green box uh, you're- that are rectangular? Oh, those, no. those have chocolate in. Those ones are you talking about? No, 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 no. Ah, I can't remember what they're called. Whatever. Uh, either way. So I'm ranking the Super Bowls, the top 10 Super Bowls of all time. And yeah, those are the club reason- crackers. I was right. Yeah, club crackers. Yeah. We're on the same page. Yeah, sweet. Uh, very important stuff. Uh, the reason I'm doing this, we're doing this, is because uh, this last Super Bowl was really good. And yeah, mm-hmm. I was marred a little bit by some reactions on 
uh, Twitter and social media and just fans in general about the end of the game, but it can't take away from what a solid Super Bowl it was. And so wanted to see if that fit anywhere. And then also just kind of think about what are the best Super Bowls. Now, I should lay some groundwork here, Marcus. I'm not just ranking the 10 best games because we've had some good games that frankly people just don't remember because they really had no significance. Neither uh, a team that was in the Super Bowl ever did anything again, or it just didn't have the same resonance, I would say, as other Super Bowls have had. So I tried to combine quality of game, the era that it was played, and how it fit into that era, and then any kind of tentacles from it. Like, was it an important Super Bowl? And which, so, which seems weird because there are Super Bowls that are more important than others, right? Which that's right doesn't really make sense because everyone caps off a season, but they're they're definitely ones that mean more than others, right? I'm going to give you an example, one that meant a lot, but it's not going to make it on this list because it doesn't have all the criteria. Super Bowl 24, uh, the 49ers won 55 to 10. It was their fourth Super Bowl win. It was Montana's fourth. He went four for four. It's probably the best quarterback performance in a Super Bowl ever. It established the Niners dynasty, uh, that the West Coast offense was its own dynasty. But the game was so horrid that I just can't put it on, you know, at all. But that would be an example of a Super Bowl that stunk, but that had some, as I would call it, resonance going forward. Um, So with that being said, if you kind of put your thinking cap on and think, okay, what are the Super Bowls that have really had some meaning, but were also great. Uh, it, it puts it in a different context. Can you think of another really cruddy Super Bowl that had meaning um, just in the last 20 years? What is oh, a real? I mean, I, I think the, the Broncos Seahawks one felt really meaningful, right? Because that was Peyton Manning's best statistical season ever mm-hmm. against the number one ranked defense, but it was just an awful game from the start. That's right. That's right. And we thought that was going to kind of launch a Seahawks dynasty potentially because they had such a great core. It was just the a- number one offense in the league against the number one defense and it was just an awful game. I think also with that Super Bowl, people were starting to realize how important it was to have a quarterback on a rookie deal because yep. Wilson was in year two and they knew, hey, we've got a couple more years of him on the cheap or at least another year of him. I think they had him for, what, three years on the cheap and then they had to uh, – you know, pay him, pay him. Exactly. So that being said, we're going to start with number 10. We'll go into sending order. And I really thought about this one hard, but I think uh, for me, I'm willing to go Super Bowl 57 here. Now oh. this one is tied with some others. Um, and I'm, I don't know if I have recency bias. This is the only one I'm wishy-washy on Super Bowl. Um, 38 gave this one a real run for its money. That's Panthers Patriots. But I think that this Super Bowl actually has a lot of similarities to that one. That was Brady's second win. This one was Mahomes' second win. It was a great game, Marcus. I know it was marred a little bit by the penalty call at the end and some catch, no catch stuff, but you couldn't really ask too much more in terms of entertainment from this game. No, both quarterbacks played outstanding. The Eagles scored the most points ever for a Super Bowl loser, 35. Um, They were in control most of this game. I I absolutely think it's a top 10 game, so I think it's a good call to have it here. 
At number nine, we've already, you know, we did a whole podcast recapping Super Bowl 57. Uh, so we'll spend the least amount of time on that. And I'm going to give you guys a couple of the te- the games that competed with it for number 10 when we get to the end of the list. I don't want to give anything away. So uh, number nine, it's not a game that I particularly loved, uh, but there's no getting around um, some of the huge plays in this game. If you want to talk about like three superhuman plays in one game, it's tough to beat Super Bowl 43. Pittsburgh Cardinals. The James Harrison 100-yard interception return might be the most exciting play in Super Bowl history, uh, truly. Uh, the clock running out uh, at the end of the half, he picks Kurt Warner off. You know, the Cardinals are in the red zone. You're not expecting Warner to throw that ball. This game had the uh, Larry Fitzgerald play uh, late in the fourth quarter where he goes right down the middle for the long touchdown. 64 and then, yards, yep. Love him or hate him. Ben Roethlisberger's throw to Santonio Holmes. You want to talk about a high degree of difficulty. One of the best throwing catches I've ever seen. Probably the third best in Super Bowl history to me. Um, your thoughts on that game? That was a really good game because uh, the, the Cardinals were down by 13 with like eight minutes left in that game. They take the lead, and then Roethlisberger engineers that long drive. Uh, and then even the Cardinals had a chance uh, with, you know, 30 seconds left in that game to go down and get a field goal or to go down and get a touchdown. They didn't do it. But I hated the outcome. But, yeah, it's a, it was a fantastic game. What Warner and Fitzgerald were able to do against an amazing defense, the 08 defense, uh, was pretty impressive. But do you remember the Steeler that made the play to win the game on defense? I think a little it was unheralded, really, wasn't it? I thought it was Brett Kiesel that recovered the fumble. Maybe I'm. I think it was uh, Kiesel that recovered the fumble. I think it was Woodley that had the strip sack. Though. That, that had the strip sack. Okay. Yeah. Um, heck of a game. Yeah. You, you want? Are you in the mood for a mini power rankings? Like a mini power rankings sure. within our rankings? Sure. Best throws and catch in uh, Super Bowl history. Uh, I'll just go three, two, one, three. Uh, Roethlisberger to Holmes. Two. Bradshaw to Swan, Super Bowl 10, when Bradshaw gets knocked out, throws a 64-yard touchdown pass in the air, bro, in the air to Swan to seal the game. Number one, best throw I've ever seen live in a game. Best throw I've probably ever seen. Yeah, go ahead. Was it Eli to Mario Manningham? Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, By the way, neither one of those Super Bowls made the list. Super Bowl 10 which was the first really good Super Bowl ever, believe it or not. The first nine weren't very good. Tenth was good. Um, I shouldn't say they weren't any good. Some of them had impact, but Super Bowl 10 did not make the list. It was the first really competitive Super Bowl. And then uh, Super Bowl 46 was a close game, but it didn't make it uh, either. That's the Patriots-Giants second rendition. Uh, Okay, let's go to Super Bowl, uh, or or my number eight Super Bowl on the list. I'm just going to go back a little bit before you were born. We're going to go back to the 80s. This is the only 1980s Super Bowl on the list. You want to take a guess? Mm, I will go. Oh, man. How about. How good is Marcus with his Super Bowl history? Super Bowl 16. No, very close, though. Very close. It's 49ers Bengals. It's just the other one. It's Super Bowl 23. This is the one Montana to Taylor for 10 yards in the end zone. I thought it would be higher on your list, to be honest. Yeah, I had it higher, and I moved it lower, and I'm regretting it already. That's why but, I didn't guess. But, yeah, th- yeah, go ahead, please. But uh, 49ers got the ball. They're down 16-13 to 13 with a little over three minutes left, I think. 
uh, but they had to go 90 yards and they do it, man. They just, it's just precision work by Joe Montana. The famous story is he got in the huddle they're in a TV timeout. And during the huddle, he looks at Harris Barton, his tackle. And he goes, Hey, H isn't that John candy (laughs) in the stands and just kept everybody cool. Started with a little dump to Roger Craig over the middle. And as you and I've talked about before, you don't have to make insanely great throws to be, to play good quarterback. It's pre-snap knowing which guys are going to come open and not missing the the layups as you like to call them. Right. Yes. Uh, really quickly on that game, that was the best performance I've ever seen from a receiver in the playoffs. Jerry Rice had a monster game, 11 catches, 200 and something yards and a touchdown. Like he was so yeah. good. Phenomenal game. Sam Weiss versus uh, uh, Bill Walsh. Sam Weiss had yep. worked for Bill Walsh. Um, phenomenal game. Phenomenal game. Okay. Uh, let's move up on the list. We're going to go to number seven here. Number seven going recent vintage. Uh, this might surprise you guys a little bit, but I I really think this is a heck of a game. Uh, Super Bowl 52, Philadelphia, New England. Um, this game was wild. There were so many big plays in this game. It's hard to remember them all. I think people remember the Philly special. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you, if you just said best throw in Super Bowl history, it's hard to beat Nick Foles' throw to Corey Clement, the back, the back of the, of the end, end zone. zone. Former Cowboy great, Corey Clement. <laughs> um, he also had a great throw to uh, Alshon Jeffrey mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl as well. The pass rush won this game. I believe it was Derek Barnett that got mm-hmm. to Brady. Didn't Brady throw for five bills yeah, in this game? I think 505 yards. That, that, that's one of the, the shames of that Super Bowl. Is That might have been Brady's best performance ever in a Super Bowl, and he didn't win. Right. And he did that without Brandon Cooks for, I believe, about three quarters. I think Brandon yeah. Cooks got hurt in the second quarter. Was it a concussion? Uh, I and remember, remember, no Julian Edelman who missed that entire season. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. Um, the only thing that keeps this one kind of parked here and not higher is I'm not really huge typically on like your 52 45 style games, you know, your track meet games. I like to see a little bit more defense. But I like that this game was decided on a great defensive play. I think this is a good spot for it. Do you think this is too high? Yeah, this is a really well-played Super Bowl with both teams just having a ton of talent. Remember, New England had a good defense that year, and for Philly to score 41 with a backup quarterback was so surprising. So, yeah, good call here. Uh, Number six, I'm going to go. This is one of the games that it was not only a good game, but I think a tremendous amount of historical significance. I would put it way up there, top five. If we just did Super Bowls based only on historical significance, this is a top five game. It is Super Bowl 36, Patriots, Rams. It uh, The Patriots were big underdogs. They stopped the greatest offense anyone had ever seen, this side of the 98 Vikings. But it launched the Brady-Belichick dynasty. It It solidified Adam Vinatieri's spot as a money, money player. And it was Summerall Madden's last game together in the booth. This one, I ended up swapping with Super Bowl 23. I had this one at eight and 23 at six. Uh, What are you thinking here? I just watched, there's like a five minute clip on YouTube of the final drive. Um, And John Madden, he is, He's adamant that he doesn't understand what Bill Belichick is doing at the end of that game. He thought he should run out the clock and get it to overtime. 
and Madden's breaking down the plays that are going on. And when Brady walks off the field and Vinatieri comes on the field to kick the the game winning field goal, John Madden's like, I- I've never seen anything like that before. I've got chills, or the hair. I think he said the hairs are standing up on my neck. What Tom Brady just did. That is a fantastic rewatch. Uh, so I, again, I can't knock that at all. What a, what an awesome game. You bet. And one of the greatest players in NFL history took part in that game. Maybe top 10. I'd put him right there with Aaron Donald, Troy Brown. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, number five. Oh, man, Oz Akeem. <laughs> punt return against the Saints, 2000 wild card. Never forget it. Uh, well, dropped punt return. Oh, goodness. You didn't happen to watch that game, did you? Saints, Rams, 2000, no. when the Rams were going for a repeat. Ugh. But I do I, – I, I just haven't watched it recently, no. No, okay. Um, all right. So that was number six on the list. So just to recap so far, we've got uh, 10, Super Bowl we just saw, Super Bowl 57. Got Super Bowl 43 at nine. Super Bowl 23, 49ers, Bengals at eight. Uh, Super Bowl 52, Patriots, Eagles, Eagles, Patriots, whatever, at seven. And then six, uh, another Patriots, Patriots, Rams, um, <clears throat> the first time around. Not that, by the way, spoiler alert, Patriots, Rams, the second time around, didn't make Thank it. Thank goodness. What, that would be in the, the top 10 games, the worst Super Bowls of all time. What a boring game. Okay, this one I'm going to quiz you here, okay? Um, my fifth greatest Super Bowl of all time is on this list. Not because it was a great game. It wasn't a great game. There were big moments in this game. It was an incredible uniform matchup. It screams classic football. I mean, just screams it. But I would put it number one if we said what, in fact, not only would I put it number one in terms of significant Super Bowls, I would put this in the top three of significant sporting events in the history of the United States. So can you guess what Super Bowl I'm thinking of? Uh, I'll say Colts, Jets. That is correct. Yeah. Biggest upset of all time, um, the spread before the game, various reports, and as Marcus always points out on our Picks podcast, how the, the line moves. Mm-hmm. But the line, I believe, at game time was pretty much parked at 16. That so is massive. I just checked it on Pro Football Reference, and they have a consensus line, mm-hmm. 18. Have you ever seen a line that big for a playoff game? Never. In the NFL? Since you've been Not, watching lines? The, the only two that I know that are somewhat comparable are the Tim Tebow Steelers, or Tim Tebow Broncos against the Steelers, where they were, I think, 14-point home underdogs, and the Patriots-Rams, Super Bowl we just talked about, where the Rams were 14-point favorites. Right. So the Jets were in the AFL, which was the rival league. No one thought that they would be able to compete. If you are you looking at Pro Football Reference there with the consensus line? I do. I have it right here. Can you click on the Colts from that year, sixty-eight Colts? Sure. This is crazy to me. Look at the Colts points per game on offense and points per game allowed on defense. What's the average? Yeah. So they were they averaged twenty-eight point seven points per game on offense, second uh, in, in, second in the league, and then uh, ten point three points per game allowed on defense first. Yeah, you know who was first in the league that year, 68 in points, were the Dallas Cowboys with Don Meredith his last year as quarterback, one of my favorite teams. Um, you're winning your average game 29 to 10, bro, your average game. Uh, this was complete domination. I think the Colts went 13 and 1 that year, if memory serves, in the regular season. They blasted right through the playoffs, dominated in the NFL playoffs. I think they shut out the Browns in the championship game. It was something like 
34 nothing or something. I, I can't remember the score offhand, but it's close to that. And the Jets beat him. And the Jets beat him by calling a great game. Joe Namath called the game in the huddle. It was not called by an offensive coordinator. And Joe Namath, to his credit, for all the crowd that wants to say he's overrated, Joe Namath is the first guy to ever throw for 4,000 yards. He did that in 67. In 68, calling his own plays, do you think he aired it out everywhere? No. He called a super conservative game, ran the football, they played clock ball, and they won 16-7 to over his idol, also Johnny Unitas, who came in the game late in the game. That's my number five Super Bowl. Do you have any issue with that, given that it wasn't a great game? Nope, I'm actually surprised it wasn't a little little higher, considering the significance and relevance of it. Well, that's where number four comes in, because I think number four was maybe not as relevant, but pretty doggone relevant and was an amazing game. Now, more an amazing game for purists, and I'm kind of a purist. I like great defense. I like crisp tackling. I like run game. This game had that in spades. I'm talking about Super Bowl 25, Buffalo, New York Giants. This game solidified Bill Parcells' Giants as a great team. Bill Belichick's, kind of the legend of Belichick, really came from this game. His game plan in stopping the Bill's K-Gun offense is in the Hall of Fame. You can actually see the booklet there. It's uh, The game plan is thick. It's awesome. And, you know, this was the one game where the Bills were really, really in it. It's wide right. What do you think about this game? Have you ever rewatched this game? I, I have, no. My only problem with having this game in the top five is I kind of like games that are positively decided at the end, right? Like mm-hmm. Vinatieri makes a, a field goal to win the game yeah. or you have a game winning touchdown. It's not that I, it's not the giants fault that the, the bills kicker missed, you know, a kick wide, right. But I w- in some ways I wish he would have made it. It would have made for a better ending, but it's fine. It was a 47-yard kick on grass. That's still not an easy kick today. It's certainly no, it's not, not a gimme. Not at all. But back then in 90, when kickers like a 52-yard field goal was considered really long, now it's like 59 is really long. Um, you know, th- it was a tough kick. Uh, Everson Wells, though, made the tackle on Thurman Thomas on the final drive where Thomas looked like he was gone for a touchdown. So there was a great play. It's just kind of one of those ones like the catch game where people remember Dwight Clark's catch. They don't remember that Drew Pearson was tackled on the final drive in a great defensive play. Um, This game had a little bit of everything, man, and a little bit of everything. And a safety, uh, Bruce Smith came up big in this game. An amazing effort by Mark Ingram, the wide receiver, not the running back, uh, to get a first down, broke three tackles. The Giants had a nine-minute drive to open up the second half. Um, Just a fantastic game. Also, uh... One of your favorite players of all time played in the uh, played for the Giants in this game. Former Cowboy, Everson Walls. Yeah, that's that's and Steve Diossi. He played for the Cowboys. But um, overall, you know, the Bills. Another game where the Bills, you know, the the team that was favored lost the game, and it was could good defense stop a great offense? And like Super Bowl thirty six with the Patriots Rams, the Giants were a team. And they started. They stopped what was uh, an incredible offense. Great game, though, by Thurman Thomas in a losing effort in that one. Uh, my number three, uh, Marcus, is you could make an argument for this as number one. Um, this game featured maybe the most clutch play in NFL history. It had probably one of the most wild, like, did that just happen plays in NFL history? It had a comeback. 
it had the two teams that you thought, yeah, these are the best teams in the league going at it. And one was trying to solidify its dynasty. One was trying to build its dynasty. And it still has a lot of controversy today. What do you think I'm talking about? Is it Patriots Seahawks? It is Super Bowl 49. I'm upset this isn't number one, to be honest. Yeah, I know. This would be Marcus's number one, hands down. I was at this game. <clears throat> Malcolm Butler's play may be the most clutch play in Super Bowl history. The 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 wow play would be Jermaine Curse's ridiculous catch. Um, do you remember watching that play and being like, how how did he just catch that ball? <laughs> I remember Chris Matthews making a couple of ridiculous plays in this game as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one right before half on the sideline yep. for a touchdown. The Julian Edelman Super Bowl play against the Falcons. By the way, that Super Bowl didn't make it. There's your other spoiler alert. Um, and then probably the Antonio Freeman catch in the regular season against Minnesota. Uh, Monday Night Football, the he did what play? Those catches, mm-hmm. circus catches, just circus catches. The Patriots had that nice comeback. Uh, Brady led him on two touchdown drives. Marcus won a little bit of money betting on Shane Vereen to catch 55 balls in this game. Uh, over nine over nine receptions for Shane Vereen. He had 12, by the way. I think Gronk had a nice game in this game too, if I'm not mistaken. Can, can uh, I tell you what stood out yeah. to me mm-hmm. was how fast both teams felt. It felt like they were flying around the field, especially Seattle. Seattle's defense, the, the overall speed, it, it wasn't they were just like a you know a finesse fast defense. They, I mean, Cam Chancellor would rock you, but I, I just was impressed with how athletic both teams looked. Really interesting secondary play in this game, too. This is the one year the Patriots had Darrell Revis on a one-year rental. He had a great year for him, probably his last great year in the league. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the Seahawks had big corners. They had Richard Sherman, and they had Brandon Browner. Um, and Byron Maxwell. Byron Maxwell. There you go. There's a, there's a good name. Uh, I just By the think way, Browner, this- Browner was actually on New England at this time. Oh, that's right. Browner went to New England. He came back to Seattle. He had two tours of duty mm-hmm. with Seattle. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Earl Thomas, we didn't mention, covered a lot of ground at center field. But let's go to the end game scenario. So they run Marshawn Lynch on first down, first and goal. He gets him to about the, what, the one and a half yard line. Mm-hmm. There's so much controversy about the play call. I'm on the side that it was not a mistake to run that play. Uh, what what do you say about that? The the throw that that Butler ended up intercepting. I think it was a fine. It was, I, I still think it's a relatively safe call just because you are kind of picking a defensive back. It was just an awesome play by Malcolm Butler uh, and a great job of film study by New England and Butler to kind of know this is what they like to use in goal line situations and in stack formation. This is what they usually like to throw. So I, I think it's just a more of an awesome play by New England than a bad decision by Seattle. In the way that I remember it, if Seattle ran Lynch on second down and didn't get it, time became a huge issue, and you pretty much knew Seattle was going to have to throw on third right. and goal. Right. That's why I didn't have a problem with it there. The only thing I would have liked to have seen is do a little rollout with Wilson and give him a run-pass option. Give him one read or carry. He was so good back then at making somebody miss and getting into the end zone. I'm thinking of that little dipsy do in and out movie did against the Cardinals. Remember on Sunday night football do. rolling to his left. <clears throat> anyway, I know we're getting hyper-specific here, but to me, Super Bowl 49, a phenomenal Super Bowl and certainly deserving of number one. Uh, but my first two are really doggone good. 
So uh, let's go to number two. This was always my number one. It has since fallen out of the top spot. I'm going back old school here. This is uh, another old Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl 13. Uh, Marcus, your dad's generation of Cowboy fandom. It's Cowboy Steelers 35-31. Huge plays in this game. Some of them mistakes, including a biggest drop in NFL history. But the historical significance of this game cannot be understated. This was the fight for the decade. And whoever won this game was going to be the team of the decade and maybe the best team of all time. And the sheer number of Hall of Famers on the field and in on the sidelines and the owner's box and the broadcasting booth is insane. The only reason I can't have this one higher is because the Steelers won. Uh, yeah. But because I, I, mean, I know I'm a little biased here, but no, this is a good game with, I mean, how many Hall of Famers, how many all decade players played in this game, the coaching staffs, the, the aesthetics of it. First of all, Cowboys and Steelers jerseys just mesh so well together. So it looks awesome when you watch this game. But yeah, you're right. It, it has to be inside your top three. You know, there's just, there's no, as one of my colleagues used to say, there's not a lot of games where you have Roger Staubach turning around to hand off to Tony Dorsett and he gets tackled by, you know, uh, Jack Lambert and they're all in the Hall of Fame. You know, it's just a routine play and they're all in the Hall. Uh, There's just so many Hall of Famers. The only reason this isn't number one is because Pittsburgh got up 35-17. Dallas scored a touchdown. Then they onside kicked, got it, and then they tried again and they failed. It wasn't a game that was super close in the fourth quarter. Pittsburgh kind of pulled away. Uh, But this is a highly entertaining rewatch. Most games in the 70s are too slow for today's kind of viewing audience, but not this one. Huge plays in this game, like long passes, strip sacks for with fumble returns, big plays. It, like it, this wanna, was what a 21 17 game going into the fourth quarter, though. Yeah, well, it would have been 21 21. It was 21 14 Pittsburgh. Dallas threw it to uh, Roger Staubach, threw it to Jackie Smith, who had been a late season pickup, also in the Hall of Fame. He dropped the pass and he's wide open. I'm sure you've seen that play. He's the sickest most, man in America, right? Yeah, it's one of the greatest calls ever. That's Vern yeah. Lundquist on Cowboys Radio um, before he became a national broadcaster. The thing with that play, though, Stallback blamed himself. Stallback said he was so wide open that I took something off the ball. And you could tell Smith is expecting it to be fired in there. And it just kind of comes wobbling in there. And he dropped it. He just misjudged it. And so it's kind of like a batter seeing an off-speed pitch when they're expecting a fastball, right? And so I'm getting excited and talking fast talking about this game. Also, uni matchup, you can't beat this one. But it's not number one. I've... You know, over the years, I've come to realize the game that that resonated with me the most, sat with me, I thought it was a Herculean effort by a position group uh, in this game, and had a nail-biting ending to me. It just had a little bit of everything uh, for me, except for maybe great, great offense. You know which game I'm thinking of? Uh, Giants Patriots Super Bowl 42. That is correct. That is my number one Super Bowl of all time. Off the cuff, I know you're going to say 49 is better than this one. I'll just make my pitch for it and, and, and tell me where I'm wrong. But, you know, Marcus, the Patriots were undefeated and 
no one thought the Giants were going to win this game, and their defensive line controlled the game. And that final Brady drive, even though they didn't go anywhere, tell me you were not sitting on the edge of the couch or standing up when Brady launched two of those balls towards Randy Moss down the field. My problem with this game is the Giants are big underdogs, and they won, which that's happened throughout Super Bowl history. We just got done talking about a game where the the Jets were 18-point underdogs. That part I get. But I think the reason why this game doesn't rank ahead of Seahawks Patriots for me is because going into the game, it doesn't feel like the two teams were equally as matched. I know with that Super Bowl, that was a pick 'em. Those are the best two teams from each conference. It just felt all year like we were leading up to that. This was kind of, oh, it'd be a fun Super Bowl because they, they were close in week 17. Um, and the game was fine. Again, this one should be high. I would just personally pick the Patriots Seahawks one instead. And I, and I think a lot of people would. Um, obviously it's my list, but, but I would say this, that that game was so crisply played. There weren't any controversial penalties. The only plays that I remember that weren't super crisp was they didn't get Eli Manning down, but credit to Eli Manning. And there's a great catch by David Tyree. There's also and then 77 all- holds on that play, but God, sure. Keep going. Uh, well, you know, you're part of the crowd that says, don't call it late in the That's fourth fine. quarter. So can't have it both ways. The only play that I remember in that game that really wasn't crisply played was Asante Samuel uh, dropped an interception mm-hmm. in that game that could have meant the game, but that's happened in a lot of games. Uh, Lewis Billups was a corner for the Bengals. He dropped uh, a pass to Jerry Rice um, interception in the 49ers Bengals game that could have sealed it for the Bengals. So it happens. Um, all that being said, the Giants, just played such a good defensive game. I'm a defensive-minded guy. The tackling was so crisp in that game. Points were at a premium, and I know you like scoring, but isn't it kind of cool, too, when points are hard to come by, not because of sloppiness and jumping off sides and stupid penalties, but just because the the defense is there playing just as good a game as the offense, which you did not expect. Remember Tom Brady's cockiness when somebody said, the Giants say you're only going to score 17. He was like, 17? Okay. We'll yeah. see. Guess how much yeah. the Patriots scored. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, that, that one obviously has to be high, so I'm fine with it. I think the Seahawks Patriots for me, I think whoever won that game, you were going to accept it. And as you said, they're evenly matched teams. But the Marshawn Lynch not giving them the ball kind of had a little bad aftertaste to it for people the way this holding call yep. uh, on Bradbury did. Yep. Giants Patriots, you weren't just sitting there going, ah, I don't care which team wins this game. Most people either wanted to see the Patriots go undefeated or they wanted to see if these underdog Giants could play such a great team game that they could uh, hold down the fort. And I loved that. I loved that. And uh, again, I was on the edge of my seat. That one ball Brady threw to Moss about 60 yards on the fly. Uh, I think it was on third down. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I was like, I thought Moss was going to get there. Um, crazy. Uh, I've got two more to submit. I, that, I know that's yeah, the end of your top ahead. 10. Can, yeah. I, can I give you two more that I just want to add yeah. in here? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Super Bowl 34, Rams-Titans. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's the first Super Bowl that the Rams win. It also has an iconic play, right? Down at yes. the one-yard line, the tackle yes. by Mike Jones, right? 
Yes. Uh, I, I don't know if that deserves to be in the top 10, but it was one of my favorites. I, I really loved it. And then Super Bowl 40, when the Steelers carried Bill Levy off the field after he won the MVP. It was just such a good game. <laughs> so Super Bowl 40 is one of the most horrid Super Bowls I've ever seen, probably bottom three. Um, but the 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 worst, two worst Super Bowls I've ever seen, uh, Broncos, Niners, and Seahawks, Broncos. Uh, yeah. Broncos, Panthers. I sucked too. The Broncos Seahawks one was just so disappointing because I think everybody's oh, yeah. expectations for that game were so high. To start that game off with the safety, the ball just gets snapped over Peyton Manning's head. Oh, yeah. And that game is over. How quickly did you know that game was over? Like within the first nine minutes of gameplay? Oh yeah. Oh man. It was it was brutal. Just brutal. The Rams Titans game has, I think, been remembered as being a little bit better than it was. Because to be honest with you, the first half of that game was kind of a snoozer. I hundred percent agree. The second half was really entertaining, though. It, it was. The Rams got up uh, sixteen to nothing, and the Titans came back. And I'll tell you, that final stanza where the the so the Rams um, Kurt Warner gets kind of hit, barely touched by I think Curse on the bomb to Isaac Bruce. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit under thrown. Isaac Bruce makes an adjustment, goes for the touchdown. The drive that Steve McNair McNair led down the field, he runs through two pass rushers. I think it was like Kevin Carter and Grant Wistrom both get their hands on him. And as Cordell Stewart famously said about Steve McNair, he was country strong. Like you just, not a workout dude. That's not why he was so strong. He was just a strong guy. And- you go look at those like that Titans team that had Steve McNair and Eddie George and Keith Kevin Bullock. Dyson and Frank Wycheck and Derek Mason. Like they were pretty loaded on offense. Oh man, they they were a tough team. They were a tough team. Um yeah, it, it looks certainly a good Super Bowl. I'll just throw out a couple of more. Super Bowl 14, Rams Steelers, very underrated. Rams are winning in the fourth quarter. That's the game Pittsburgh got their uh, fourth ring and John yep. Stallworth made two ridiculous over the shoulder catches in that game. Just one comment on that game. I wish we had Super Bowl still in Pasadena. I loved how it looked. Oh yes. The Rose Bowl. That's such a good looking Super Bowl. Yes. Um, the second catch that Stallworth has, it's not a touchdown. It's literally directly over his shoulder pad, a little bit underthrown. Unbelievable catch. Um, Super Bowl 10. I mentioned Pittsburgh, Dallas, <clears throat> um, Super Bowl 32, Packers-Broncos, really good Super Bowl. Uh, the Terrell Davis, Super Bowl, uh, fantastic. And then what about from the 2000s? Are there any – we mentioned Falcons-Patriots. We mentioned Patriots-Panthers. Giants-Ravens was horrid. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like the Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl where T.O. is playing on a broken leg just because yeah. that was such a big storyline, and he played so well. Uh, but I don't think that's not really a top 10 Super Bowl for me. Patriots Colts. I remember that was a That was a good Super Bowl. I probably remember it because I enjoyed the party. Patriots Colts. Yeah. Patriot. No, no, I'm sorry. I, did I say Patriots? I meant Saints Colts. My bad. Saints Colts. Yeah. Yeah. Super Bowl 44 was that one. Yeah. That was the uh, Tracy Porter uh, pick. Um, that put him up two scores. Pierre Thomas with a sneaky running backs don't matter game. That was probably the first game. Marcus was like, huh, running backs don't matter. I'm guessing. Um, but yeah. Nine, um, baby. His cap hit was 890000 that year. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that's, anyways, that's 
Actually, I'm sorry, 460,000. Next year, James Starks, 320,000 for the Packers. Sweet. From Buffalo University, University of Buffalo, James Starks. Um, Okay, so besides Patriots Seahawks, what was your most enjoyable Super Bowl? Either one I mentioned or or not. So besides again, I, Packers I, beating the Steelers because you hate the Steelers. There you go. It's not the best Super Bowl, but you asked me the most enjoyable Super Bowl. It's actually uh Super Bowl uh, forty five Packers Steelers at Cowboy Stadium. First of all, it was a really well played game outside of one fumble. Uh but I, number one, I love watching the Steelers lose. And Aaron Rodgers was unbelievable in that game. This is before I started to not like Aaron Rodgers. He was kind of likable back then. He was incredible in that game. Yeah, for me, it's Super Bowl 18. Uh, that's not a good Super Bowl. It's 38 to 9. <clears throat> Raiders beat the Redskins. Marcus's dad, one of his favorite players, Marcus Allen, was unbelievable in that game. One of the iconic plays, actually, two iconic plays in that Super Bowl. One, the Marcus Allen reverse direction run. And then a play I think we talked about a while ago, Ray Guy's one-handed catch of a horrible snap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's weird to me- mention a punter play, but it really was an insane play. Um, that game was very similar to kind of like Patriots-Rams. Uh, the Washington's offense scored 30-something points per game that year. They were unbelievable. They had a plus 46 turnover diff that year, <laughs> and the Raiders beat them. And it's the last Super Bowl I watched before my brother went to the Navy – and so I was a kid, and we hated growing up in Dallas. We hated Washington. We hated Washington's backups. So that was uh, that's one of my favorites. But uh, I, you know, I think this is a decent list of ten. I'm gonna assume that your biggest complaint is having uh, Super Bowl forty nine, not higher. Yeah, that's all. But uh, we should tell okay. people that we're gonna rank uh, head coaches, the head coaching hirings next uh, Wednesday. Yeah, we wanted to do that. And another thing that we wanted to do, since it's February, not a lot going on, uh, we wanted to do a special football card podcast. So for people that collect, um, even if you don't collect, just kind of some fun stuff, Marcus is going to have some good stuff for that. We're going to do that next Friday. So talk about some of the coolest packs, uh, excuse me, coolest sets and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, we're going to start getting into draft stuff. Hopefully we'll have Chad Ryder on and uh, we'll get into draft season and, Marcus doesn't like the draft, so I'll probably have to carry us. But, you know, look, that's it's just par for the course, guys. You are heavy lazy. It's fine. I I have another idea that I've pitched to Marcus, uh, but he's afraid to uh, do it. So he has to check with his wife to see if it's okay. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, with that, we'll tell you about that one later. We're going to get out of here. He's... At Marcus underscore Mosher, I can't keep a straight face. <laughs> he also hosts Locked On Cowboys. It's the best Cowboys podcast, uh, maybe on the planet. With Landon McCool, give Landon a follow. Uh, did Landon have to change his uh, Twitter thing? I don't I mean, because so. about Kellen Moore, right? Oh, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he changed it. He's good. Okay. I just, you know, uh, I didn't know how he felt about that. Uh, Marcus also covers the Raiders for USA Today. And he uh, writes for PFF occasionally as well. So check out his PFF archive. And, uh, you know, I'm at Harrison NFL. That's pretty much all I can tell you right now. That's all we got. We're done. We've emptied the bucket. So we appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you uh, probably Monday night. And uh, hope you enjoy your weekend. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.